tell me all of your secrets right now. You don't get to ask me questions about my boyfriend. Hide all your hot sauce. I mean, maybe this is why she actually died. Because she's filled with jam. Liz is Danny Zuko. She can't cover up her midriff. She can't cover up her lies. Hello and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Aliza Ora. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Lorena Rose. Today we'll be discussing the pilot episode of the 1999 WB series, Roswell. So let's dive in. This pilot episode is described by Hulu uh, with the following. Liz gets shot, but Max saves her life. And by doing so, confides in her that he is not of this world. Exciting stuff. Um, This episode was written by Jason Katims. He is an executive producer on this show. But most importantly to me, he wrote three episodes of My So-Called Life, which is one of the greatest teen shows of all time. I watched the director's commentary because I'm a weirdo. And on the director's commentary, they actually talked about how his background was my so-called life and the guy who directed the first episode his background was in x-files and they literally described roswell as like if my so-called life and x-files had a baby ah that's like high school drama and sci-fi rolled into one nice um yeah so that director you mentioned is david nutter we only get him for three episodes of roswell but we see his daughter, Zoe, who plays young Isabel in this episode and in a couple others as well. So that's fun. This pilot episode aired on the 6th of October, 1999. I was in fifth grade at the time. I was definitely not watching this or any other teen shows. I was probably watching TRL on MTV. I was a senior in high school. I probably was watching this live or time taping it on my VCR to watch when I got home if I was not physically at my house. But I was definitely watching it within 24 hours of when it premiered. I'm 99% sure. Yeah, I can't say for sure. But like 1999, I was 10. And uh, yeah, I think I was... Probably watching it that night with my dad and my sister. So I'm just catching up to y'all 20 years later. It's cool. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah, I have only very recently started watching teen shows because apparently that's what you do when you turn 30. I agree with that statement. I mean, I'm in my 30s and I'm still just rewatching all of my favorite teen shows. Whereas I'm 30 now and not only am I rewatching teen shows, I'm watching current teen shows i don't know why <laughs> but i just love them now we can just reminisce on like the simpler times of life when we were in high school and how much easier everything was like it seemed so life and death at the time and now it's like oh my god if life was just that easy again yep yeah so speaking of life and death the very first scene is sherry appleby writing in her diary that she died five days ago, which I would like to say, no, she did not. (laughs) This drove me crazy because she'll say it again at the end of the episode. I'm like, honey, at most, like, you were dying, maybe. EMS probably could have saved you. We're being a little melodramatic. It's true, though. He didn't bring her back from the dead. He healed her. Yeah. 
But, you know, let's start off with the melodrama right from the get-go. First lines of the show. <laughs> also, the, the diary, the, like, rooftop, the diary, it, like, really sets the scene for the kind of show it's going to be. Yes. And the writer and director in the commentary, they talk about how they wanted this to be, like, a concept that would, like, kind of bookend the entire series, that every episode would be bookended this way with her writing in her diary so that we would kind of see things through Liz's eyes. Mm. Yeah, and, like, we learn about the aliens when she learns about the aliens. Like, our introduction to this whole thing is her introduction to it. Um, Also, just because I am, like, obsessed every time I see an actor in something for the first time, I'm like, where do I know them from? I know her from a show called Life Unexpected, where she played the mom. And so when I saw her as a teenager, I was like, wait, what? She's also, like, more recently, she's on a show called Unreal. She also more recently has been directing some episodes of the new CW reboot of Roswell. So coming full circle for her in her life. Cool. She's also a nice Jewish girl, and I am wondering if that will be part of her character on the show or not. Ooh, I didn't know she was Jewish. Yeah. Well, in the books, she's a nice Latina girl whose name is Liz Ortecho, and uh, Mm. the network changed it to Liz Parker for some unknown reason. (laughs) Unknown, yep. Mm -hmm. Totally unknown. Hmm, I wonder why. Yeah. And Roswell in 2000 was just under half Hispanic or Latino and is now just over half. Yeah. And there's like one character that I've clocked so far who is Latina and one uh, man of Native American descent. And everyone else seems to be white. White, 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 white. So that's cool. Um, So that's something about the new one. I haven't been watching Roswell, New Mexico, the reboot, but uh, I think her last name is Ortecho. Yes, it is. In the reboot, they went back to the original. Yeah, I think there is more Latino representation, and I think there's queer representation. And so, like, definitely, I'm going to watch it at some point. Yeah. I mean, so much has changed in media and in our world in the last 20 years. Um, I was reading something with the author of the books that the TV series is based on. Like the book got tapped really quickly to be turned into a TV series after it came out. And, um, you know, you just sold the rights to it. Like she didn't have any say in what happened to it after the rights got sold. So she doesn't even know why the network specifically decided to change Liz to being a nondescript tan Jewish slash white girl instead of being Latina. Yeah. I mean, that's the WB for you. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, pretty much no representation of, you know, people of color, different abilities, different body sizes, you know, like everything. Yeah. No, wait, was your high school not just all gorgeous white people walking around? Oh, no, mine was. Yeah, mine. Of course. Of course. Mine. Because that's what high school looks like. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) That's what I've been led to believe. Yeah, all skinny people, all, you know, yeah. all thin, fit, you know, symmetrical faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, speaking of thin, fit, beautiful people, Marshall from Alias is here. 
as one of the tourists oh, in the cafe. Yeah. So we find out that Liz is a waitress in this cafe where they wear really adorable little silver alien head aprons that I need to make myself one of. And little antenna. Uh-huh. It's very adorable. It is cute. I love their whole little outfits. The little aquamarine 50s diner dresses and yeah the aprons with the like shiny detail the like chrome looking detail it's cute yes also one moment that i thought was cute was when maria was like oh max is staring at you like he's looking at you and and liz's like no he's not no he's not i just like to me that was so real because I can't tell you how many times, like, you know, my friends would be like, oh, yeah, that person's interested in you, you know, and like insecurity and everything. I'm like, oh, me? No, 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 no. Like, you're making that up, no, you know? never. Even though I'm perfectly beautiful. Well, yeah, that's what got me is she was like, with this? And then she's like pointing at her chin. And I was like, I'm sorry, do you think you have an imperfection of some sort that none of us can see? Cool. Um, I also like that Liz messes with the tourists. They're like, oh, do you know secrets about the alien crash? And she's like, my grandma totally took this photo of a real live alien. That she had in her pocket ready to pull out and show to them. So like she probably shows yeah. it to people every day. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, she totally does. Um, so the actress who plays Maria is Venezuelan. So she talks to Liz in Spanish when she's like, no, you're so what are you talking about? And then as soon as they panned over to Max and I realized who they were talking about, I was like, you cannot trust that guy. He just wants to be a vampire. His name is Ford. Mm-hmm. I know him from Buffy. Stay <laughs> away from him. We told you it would not take you very long for you to start seeing the crossovers. Well, it took me a really long time to like get over that because I kept waiting for him to reveal himself to be a bad guy. We also find out in this scene that Kyle, her boyfriend, is steady and loyal and appreciates her just like a cute little poodle. Yeah. Aww. Oh, Kyle. Um, we see two guys in the diner who are rude to the waitress, so you absolutely know that they are terrible people. And one of those guys ends up pulling out a gun. Oh, no. Everyone in the place immediately ducks except for Liz. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. She's like, what? And I'm like sitting there being like, duck. What? Like, what are you doing? Too late. Too late. Now I'm dead. So, of course, Max immediately runs over to her. Even though his friend's spiky hair is like, whoa, buddy, what are you doing? I had a very big crush on his friend's spiky hair. As did when I. When I was in high school, before I knew that I was gay. <laughs> so um, when Max comes in and he puts his hand on her, he says... You have to look at me. Which she does not do. She doesn't. Because she's dead. She can't look at anyone. Right. That's right. She's dead. So they make the connection and he starts seeing like flashes of her as a kid. And it seems to also be him as a kid. And she's wearing this dress that has pies on it. And they are very clearly pies, even though she will later say that they are cupcakes. She also thinks she's dead. So whatever. She is an unreliable narrator. I thought they looked like cupcakes. Now I feel like I need to go back. And look again. Oh, I, I screenshotted them. Don't worry. It'll be on our social media. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I guess I just always trusted her that they were cupcakes because she says they're cupcakes. And it's that's the only lie that she tells convincingly because she is usually super bad at lying. So then when the cops come in. Well, first, Max helpfully pours ketchup all over her and is like, don't worry. 
law enforcement officials can't tell the difference between blood and ketchup. Of course. And despite the fact that, you know, there were a lot of people in close proximity to her when she was shot who saw mm-hmm. what happened yeah. but but no ketchup it's just ketchup but right the whole time that he's back there laying hands on her even after the two bad guys have fled no one else in the restaurant comes close to them to like offer to help or see what's going on or make sure he's not just healing up a dead girl and also how does nobody see him pick up the bottle of ketchup off right. the counter smash and it. smash it <laughs> Although I do appreciate he did give Maria a specific job. He told her to call an ambulance, which is a helpful, like, take charge position. Yeah, that is what you're supposed to do. So he probably would have done better than the EMS people who, like, what went, checked her out, and then were like, nah, you're fine, and then left before the sheriff's office got there. Yeah, they're just like, okay, yeah, you're fine. Look, there's ketchup. Okay, bye. So then when the sheriff got there, I was excited because it's the sheriff and his deputy who is like that one, well, token Native American character Mm -hmm. in every TV show. It's this actor, Michael Horse, who is awesome. He was in Twin Peaks. um, And I I love him. And he's a good actor. Um, A little more representation would be nice, like we were talking about. But yeah, I was excited to see him because that's a familiar face. And like, I've seen him like as a sheriff or as a deputy in other things before. Speaking of familiar faces, the sheriff, as soon as he walked in, I was like, oh, I don't trust that guy. And I didn't realize until I looked him up. But he is also the villain in Die Hard 2. And as the partner of someone who is completely obsessed with the Die Hard movies, I uh, was just like, oh, my God, no one get on any planes while this guy is around. Yeah. Sheriff Valenti is creepy as fuck. Can we swear (laughs) on this podcast? Because he's creepy as fuck. (laughs) Yes, he is. I also hate his fucking aviators. Like, it makes it even creepier that, like, you can't see his eyes and it's just reflective. All you see is yourself. Yeah. And that's something that's in the books. Liz talks a lot about, like, how she can't, like, she can't figure him out. She can't tell what he's thinking because she can't see his eyes. Mm. So in addition to being really creepy, he's also very, very bad at his job. Um, The two tourists are like, hey, we've searched this entire crime scene here's what we found. And the sheriff's like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks, buddy. Like, what? No. What? Mm. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, his deputy is like, hey, I told you guys to stay out of there when they're trying to like, look for the bullet hole in the wall. They really probably should just put up some crime scene tape and like shoot people away. You know? Yeah. They could have done better. The restaurant should not have civilians in it at this time. Just milling around, finishing their sandwiches, spilling food all over the crime scene. It's fine. Also, just the way that the sheriff, like, he's, like, you know, looking around at the crime scene, like, picks up a bottle of hot sauce. He's, like, looking at the hot sauce. Yes. This is the first time we see the hot sauce, you guys. I was like, oh, that's the name of our podcast. I understand everything now. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote hot sauce (laughs) in really big letters. (laughs) Yes, I have that written multiple times. <laughs> um, and then Liz, I had my first Liz is bad at lying moment when in front of a bunch of people who like some of the patrons must have been locals and knew Max and spiky hair. She's like, oh, I didn't know them. Like, you're going to get caught, dummy. 
And then, of course, she immediately gets caught. And her response is just to look away. Like, to just stare pensively. Yeah. Not not one of her (laughs) strongest skills. So after she gets caught totally lying, we go to Liz's bedroom, which looks really cool. Like, it's decorated really fun. It has lots of exposed brick. And then we see the handprint. (gasps) Bum, bum, bum. I'll be honest, you guys. When I started getting tattoos, I came very close to getting a tattoo that on my belly. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because I love this show so much. I was like, I want a glowing handprint on my stomach. I didn't get Mm. that, though. So then we go to school. Yeah, we go to science class. Science class. And uh, they're looking at DNA under some microscopes. Yeah, some fancy science. Are they looking at DNA or are they just looking at like the structure of or the no. cells? Or no, yeah, that's right. They're looking at like, cells. Oh my God, how fancy. Right. When they said they were doing cheek swabs, I was like, oh, this is the fanciest, most well-funded public school in the history of the world. Yeah. But it seems like they're just looking under the microscope. I remember looking at like cells, like I like we looked at like plant cells versus like human cells. We probably did that in my science class, but... I didn't really like science. And that was a long time ago. So she says, the, the teacher says that they're going to do like cheek swabs and Max immediately pops up and is like, yeah. I need a bathroom pass. Even though he's just gotten to class. Right. This does give the science teacher the really fun line, high maintenance today, aren't we? Which I love that she gets a little snark in there. <laughs> yes. And then we find out that human cells are red i guess and kind of small and they're just hanging out not doing anything and then max's cells are like greenish and they're much bigger and they're kind of shimmery and they're real pretty and can i also say though that like he immediately jumped up to get away right but he he leaves his damn pencil (laughs) he conveniently had a pencil in his mouth which he left there Uh Which yep. he was like deep throating, like it was <laughs> right, and he ran away to, to avoid this exact thing from happening. Mm-hmm. Yet he left his cheek swabbed pencil. Yeah, yeah. he's like, gotta so go. Convenient. Here's my evidence. Yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, so she also feels like what, and chases him down the hallway where we see, I think, our first student just casually dressed like an alien at school. Um, But she catches up with Max and ushers him into the band room where we meet Kyle, who I, oh my God, this dude ain't no poodle. All right. He's like hanging out in his super tight jeans with his really nice hair and is just like casually drumming. I'm like, oh, and oh, with his oh, hey. with his sunglasses on in a dark classroom yes. that has no yes. lights on. Yeah. This is not the type of character that I would envision being described as a poodle. He honestly seems like he's on drugs. Like yeah. oh, he, they walk in and he's like yeah. banging away with his glasses on. Yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing, Kyle? Yeah. And Liz swiftly kicks him out of the room. Yes. Uh, with exhibit two, Liz is bad at lying. She's like, we're going to uh, uh, study. 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 We're studying biology. That's what we're doing. We're definitely not going to make out. I mean, what was the question? I also think it's really funny because the second he leaves, Max is like, you know, Max asks her like basically what's going on between the two of them, which she starts to yeah. answer. And then she's like, so she's <laughs> like, oh, it's casual. Uh, uh, 
you know, and then she kind of stops because she realizes like, wait, I don't I don't have to tell this guy like my personal information yet. Yeah. Yet she stole his DNA and does need his personal information. Oh, uh, yeah. Just... No, she's like, mm, tell me all of your secrets right now. You don't get to ask me questions about my boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of love it, to be honest. <laughs> and he like, I Max is just, I don't know how he's kept it a secret for 16 years. Because he, without any hesitation, is just like, uh, yeah, I am an alien. I know I love. She's like, where are you from? And he points up. And she's like, up north. And then he points up higher. Adorable. <laughs> That's iconic. That's like an iconic moment, though, I feel like. It is. I think also iconic is when she's like, you're not uh, like an alien. And he says, I prefer the term not of this earth. <laughs> not of this earth. <laughs> oh, buddy. Oh, he's funny. I like him. Yeah, he's deadpan. He's, he's very serious. deadpan. His hair is awful, but he seems oh, very nice. Oh, it's so awful. I thought this scene seemed to me like he shares this huge thing about her that not many other people know. Like he's kind of coming out to her as an alien. And she's like, uh, got a jet. Gonna go to class. Peace. You're terrifying. Goodbye. Yeah, she totally freaks out. Um, and he lands the scene with one of the greatest guilt trip lines. Now my life is in your hands. Which, whoa, buddy. Like, maybe you should have thought this one through a little bit better before you trusted the girl who can't lie and seems very uncomfortable to be in the same room as you. He also, like, didn't ever really get her consent before burdening her with all of this. You know, like, it's, yes, he was saving her life. Or, sorry, uh, bringing her back from the dead, right? So (laughs) From the super-duper dead. Yeah, she was just straight-up flatlining. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a lot to burden someone with. And now it's like, yeah, so here's this information. My life is in your hands. Bye. Have a good class. Yeah, definitely don't tell anyone, <laughs> which she then is like, okay, so I'm going to go tell someone now. Uh, but first we get baby Hanks. This is so baby exciting. Baby Hanks. And he is reading the Roswell Daily Record, which is a real newspaper, which published the original reports of the 1947 UFO crash in Roswell, New Mexico. There's my fun trivia for this scene. Um, So he is trying to reassure Maria that everything's cool, but she's like, hey, man, this is my best friend. I know when something is up. Colin Hanks is just like, well, the newspaper says everything's okay. So everything's okay. He's like, well, it said no injuries. So he is clearly not a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) It's like she was literally there and saw something happen. Um, So then we go from the cafeteria to just like outside, seemingly far away from the school. Like a truck stop? Like in in the desert at a taco stand. Where they seem to just be on their lunch break. So I guess they have an open campus and plenty of time. Yeah. And they all have hot sauce, which is very exciting. Hot sauce! This is also the scene where I wrote down, it's the lady from the rom-coms. Yep. Yes. It is the lady from all of the rom-coms. So her name yeah. is Katherine Heigl. Yeah. She's also in Grey's Anatomy. Oh, uh, okay. Which is funny because she plays a character named Isabel Stevens on that show. Oh. Uh, on this show, she plays a character named Isabel Evans, which is maybe a coincidence. Maybe not. 
I don't know. But I like to think that it's mm-hmm. not. I like to think that she loved Roswell so much that she went to Grey's Anatomy and said, I want a similar name. <laughs> name me this or I walk. <laughs> we see her use an, another power here when she like puts her hand yes. over a taco and melts some cheese. Yeah. I want that power. This is my favorite where she is like, uh, you broke our sacred pact. We promised not to use our powers. And he's like, well, you use your powers all the time. And her response is that she only does it recreationally. So it's fine. <laughs> Heating up tacos yes. is a much better use of powers than saving lives. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Max. How do you not get this? Yeah. Melting cheese, fine. Pulling a bullet out of a wound in a body, not fine. Um, This is where we find out that they were discovered on the side of a road, which is confusing because were they found together and then split up? When we see the flashback later, it's just the two of them was spiky hair in a different place. The logistics of this are confusing. But we, this is where we find out that they've been raised by humans who maybe don't actually know who or what they are. And without giving you any spoilers, we will find out more about their background as the series progresses. Okay, great. Because I actually wrote down like 12 different questions and I just didn't want to <laughs> ask them all in rapid succession. I also, this is the time where I figured out the math. And this was like 50 years ago and they're 16. So... Hmm. So the school that they're at, this is where we find out it's called W. Roswell. And I really want to know what the W stands for. Is it West Roswell? Okay, it's West Roswell. Also, West Roswell High was filmed at West Covina High School. (gasps) West Covina. And it was actually the high school that my cousin went to. And I made her drive me to the campus and take me to all of the places that they would film things and somewhere in storage I have real film pictures of me at like the outside of the Crashdown Cafe which was like on Main Street and like at the high school like pointing at like locker rooms and <laughs> gyms and things <laughs> that's, that's awesome so cool so in this scene Liz is I think drinking from the faucet at her public high school which oh my god no 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 But Maria comes out and is like, hey, there was blood on your order book. And I was like, oh, the sheriff should hire her because she knows what blood looks like. And they apparently don't. But to me, really, it looks like raspberry jam. It doesn't look like ketchup or blood. It's a little bit shiny. It's too thick. Yeah. And too pink. Like, it's definitely just some jam. I mean, maybe this is why she actually died. Because she's filled with jam. Yes, she's just filled with jam. Oh, poor girl. And then we go back to the car where our aliens are hanging out and Isabel is just pressing a CD to her head, which uh, amplifies it for everyone to listen to. This is another fantastic use of her powers. So ridiculous. And spiky hair is eating more hot sauce. Yep. And then Officer Valentili arrives and continues to be super creepy. And then the sheriff notices that there's Tabasco in the car and they are the only people who could possibly like Tabasco. So this is a dead giveaway. The way that it's like rattling around down by the like, by their feet, it really is like Tabasco as contraband. 
Yes, like little mini alcohol right? like bottles. The, like the, the way the shot was really just made it look like it was like, you know, nips of Jim Beam or something. <laughs> so maybe they are drinking hot sauce to get over the loss of their parents and everyone else on the ship. This is the first time Spiky Hair acknowledges that they weren't the only ones and they think that everyone else was killed. So this is ex- an exciting development plot-wise, a very sad development for these characters. Yeah, that they have no other family or don't know really know anything about where they come from or, yeah, they just are existing in this world that they don't fit in. Which maybe this is why Max is so eager to make a connection with Liz and he insists that she won't tell anyone and she's different. And then uh, the spiky haired guy just walks off into the middle of the desert by himself. Yeah, no problem. No problem here. It's a very dramatic storm off. Yeah. So after this, we see what Liz is up to. She's on a date with Kyle. She still is not into him. He still totally knows it. And this leads to maybe my favorite exchange of this episode, uh, where Liz says, when you see me, do you do you feel things? And Kyle responds, yes, of course, I feel things Uh, like what? Which is just amazing. I don't know if this was an acting choice. Or not, but it's <laughs> it's pretty solid, solid, terrible, awkward dialogue. Um, and she, this also then gives her an opportunity to yawn way more dramatically than anyone has ever needed to yawn in their lives, so that you yeah. can see the handprint. Dun, dun, dun. The handprint. I also loved when she said, "She's like, oh, okay, well, good night," and he said. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's not a normal response. Like, right, right, right. It's it's nighttime. <laughs> like, what is he saying right to? Yeah. Well, I think he's like, oh, I'm being dismissed now. Like, she's not inviting yeah. me in. I'm not getting a kiss. I am just being yeah, patted on okay. the head and told, good poodle, go away. <laughs> yeah. But she, like, completely turns into a robot when he sees the handprint. She just literally is just like, okay, good night, bye. Yeah, because Liz is bad at lying, and she can't cover things up. Terrible. She can't cover up her midriff. She can't cover up her lies. But he just lets it go. Well, and then runs and tells his daddy, of course. Yeah. So I wonder if he saw the handprint and recognized it. I would imagine that, as we find out later, Sheriff is kind of obsessed with this. So I'd imagine that photo might have been out a lot at home. So he might have seen it and been like, ooh, I know what's up. I've seen that before. Yeah. Or maybe he was just like, this girl isn't into me. I'm just going to go home now and I'm going to tell my daddy all about it. She was so mean. Um, Max comes by um, and she takes him into the diner or the cafe so he max starts telling liz he is thinking about her he's thinking about her in a cupcake dress they both have a shared delusion it was definitely a pie dress get it together you guys something that really bothers me about this whole scene is like the way that he's like i thought about telling you a thousand times and you know like you don't really know her You know, like, Mm -mm. yeah, it's clear that, like, they've been in the same grade, like, they live, you know, they go to the same school. But, you know, it it seems like they don't really know each other. And, you know, it kind of makes it seem like he's just kind of been watching her, but without Uh saying anything. And I kind of hate this whole trope. In reality, it's creepy. Yeah. If you like someone, go talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. 
let her like be a part of it. I just don't really like it. And 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 then it's kind of even taken to a, a farther extent by the fact that he now has like seen memories from her childhood. So I guess mm-hmm. they did kind of resolve it in an interesting way by him saying like, well, why don't I show you memories from my childhood then? And he kind of asked for consent by saying, I have to touch you. <laughs> interesting way of asking not can i touch you and she just stares at him like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh that wasn't really asking but okay this is where we get our first voiceover since the opening where she talks about feeling everything he's feeling um and seeing through his eyes and this is where she says and the amazing thing was in his eyes i was beautiful." beautiful and i hated this so much It was really awful. I also wondered how she didn't know that he was into her because, like Aliza said, he has just been freaking walking around staring at her. He's running into people in the hallways because he can't keep his eyes in his head. It's very obvious. We get a weird montage where she's kind of fondling a skeleton walking around school, (laughs) uh, sitting on the bleachers, thinking it's just so ironic that when something like this finally happened to me, it was with an alien. Which I don't think is what irony is. Uh, Maybe they haven't gotten to that module in their English class yet. So then we end up back in the music room, right? Mm -hmm. With Alex. Yeah. And, you know, and part of me is like, why do we keep ending up back in the music room? And then it hit me. The fucking lighting in there is so dramatic. It's perfect. Yeah, it's really good lighting for um, Colin Hanks to introduce the transitive property of lying. Yes. Where (laughs) by lying to Maria, she has effectively lied to him. Um, We also get the kind of crappy line, everything needs to be put through the Maria filter, which I feel like also happens a lot where the kind of quirky best friend gets kind of minimized or belittled because, oh, she talks a lot and she has feelings about things and maybe she gossips a little bit. So let's not take her too seriously. And he asks her if whatever happened is over now, which like, did he think it was an ongoing thing where she was constantly dying and being resuscitated by aliens? Like, I don't know what he thought was going on, but she reassures him that it's over and he's fine with it. But the sheriff's office... Those folks aren't so easy to placate. They are not fine with it. Mm-mm. And this is where the sheriff does another thing that I think is crappy. You don't just talk to kids without a parent present. You also don't just bring like a, what, 16-year-old girl into a room and say, Hi, come right. sit down. Your dad said it would be okay. Here's a picture of a dead body. Oh, yeah. And now please lift up your shirt. Yeah. You're required to Show do me this. a fucking warrant, sheriff. Right. Yeah, well, that was also my thought when he pulls out her backpack. I was like, "I'm, did you just search her backpack? Like, bro, where did he even find it? We get then a scene with the sheriff where he is talking to an agent who's played by Richard Schiff, who is Toby on the West Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Agent Toby reveals that, yes, they did totally search her bag without a warrant. We also find out that the sheriff's father was obsessed with aliens. The people at the vague agency called him Sergeant Martian. So he's got some daddy issues that he's trying to resolve. 
And an important thing we learn in this scene, I think, is, you know, because it seems like, you know, he sees the hot sauce and he's like, oh, I know what's going on here. You know, it seems like he is like a believer immediately. But we find out in this scene that he, you know, kind of his whole life thought his dad was off his rocker like everybody else did. Um, and that mm-hmm. only now is he like, wait, maybe he was onto something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we go to Max and Liz, and I don't understand any of this. Liz is like, if you don't tell me the truth right now, I'm going to go to Valenti. Like, hey, remember how you told me that your life was in my hands? Well, tell me everything or I'm going to betray you right now. Yeah. Which she's a bad liar, so it's not convincing. I don't believe she's actually going to do this. But like, that's such a jerk move. And she's going to ask him all these questions that she has written down. So she does not forget the complexity of... Where did you come from? <laughs> See, I love that she wrote it down. Sometimes when you get nervous, you need to have notes. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was so proud of her. I was like, look at her. She's being all like strong <laughs> and powerful, demanding answers. Like she wrote shit down. I was proud of her. Okay. Um, I don't think she has a future as a reporter. Okay, but, fair. You know, <laughs> fine. Um So he also says that he doesn't know where he came from. And he says, all I know is it wasn't a weather balloon that fell that night. This is a reference to the actual 1947 event. And Max acknowledges that they were in incubation pods and immediately gives up the other aliens with no prompting. He did not need to do this. He's just like, here's all of the very secret information that I have that could endanger the lives of my loved ones. Yeah, you demanded you wanted to know it all. So here you go. Yeah, he didn't even try to keep their identities. I mean, it's like he slipped up and said we. So then she's like, we? And instead of being like, oh, shoot. Or like, oh, yeah, but I can't tell you who. He's just like, oh, yeah, Isabel and Michael. Right. So, yeah. So then she asks what kind of powers they have. And he talks about... The molecular manipulation. And, you know, he shows her how he can manipulate the molecular structure. Yeah, and she's just like the clay that he sculpted. And she says something about like, but like, why? So why did you risk it or something? He says, because it was you. And I threw up in my mouth. (laughs) <laughs> well, so also when when he's answering her about what powers he has, he starts saying we can manipulate molecular structures. And it seems like he's going to say something else when she interrupts him. To be like, what's that? So now I'm really curious. Like, what are these other powers that he was just going to divulge to her? Again, unprompted, even though she would have no other way of finding out. Melting cheese. Yeah. Right. And well, that's that goes with the molecular structure. Oh, right. Yeah. But the, what's the CD playing? I mean, maybe she's like manipulating the structure of the airwaves. I don't know. Yeah, that one. I don't know how that one fits in. But the cheese, I get the cheese. And like the the healing of Liz, that's like manipulating her molecular structure and the molecular structure of the bullet to draw it back out of her body. Yeah, although the bullet seems to just disappear because he doesn't take it with him. We assume it's not in her body, and it wasn't found at the crime scene that Marshall and his friends scoured every inch of. So, like, can he make matter cease to exist? Because I think that's against the rules of physics. Can he just dissolve it into her body? Yeah, unless he pushed it into her 
like bowel so she could poop it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking scientifically. That's all. Yeah. That's that's canon now. Um, Liz tells Max that Valenti found the dress with the bullet hole. What I want to know is why didn't she like burn the dress? Like she just like shoved it in her backpack. <laughs> she was like, I will carry this with me on my person. But then didn't. Because where was her backpack? You know, it's like she put it in her backpack and then wasn't carrying her backpack <laughs> around. Uh, she also lets Max know that the sheriff suspects him of something. It's never really clear what. There's definitely no crime that has occurred. But yeah. it's a big problem. A woman who should have been dead is not dead. Like, that's the crime that has occurred. I know, but it was funny. Like, my first thought, she's like, Max, he suspects you. My first thought is like, hide all your hot sauce. <laughs> because it's like, he suspects you. Why? Because he saw hot sauce on the table at the at the restaurant, and then you had hot sauce in your car. So he knows it was you. You know, it's like, why? Why does he suspect Max and of what? We get to see Max in Isabel's house very, very briefly. She is uh, pulling on a very cute little silver outfit. But Max tells her it's time to leave. They got to forget the festival and get out of there. They go pick up their spiky hair friend. Um, we go to Liz's house where Maria, interestingly, does the exact same thing Liz did, where she's like, if you don't tell me everything, I'm going to go to Valenti and tell him what I know, which what Maria knows is not a lot and certainly nothing incriminating. Yeah. But all right, whatever. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, Liz tells her everything. Maria promises not to freak out, which, because it's television, gives us a cut to her running out Freaking the door out. screaming. <laughs> yeah. But can I just say, like, I also noticed that Maria demanding answers was just like how Liz was demanding answers. And I love, like, the kind of demanding women in this show so far. <laughs> Yeah, they're not being pushovers. They are saying what they want and sticking to it. Yeah. And you don't see that on a lot of like on a lot of WBCW shows. Then this I don't understand. Uh, Liz apparently saw this reaction in Maria and was like, you know what we should do? I should get into a moving vehicle that she is operating while continuing to freak out. Also out driving around are our alien trio. Um, Spiky Hair is kind of excited about the potential other alien. And Isabel reminds him, we had one potential relative 40 years ago. All we know about him is he was a potential killer, which, yeah, fair point. I loved her delivery of Michael, calm down. Yes. (laughs) She's just awesome. I love it. She's like, you guys are being so dramatic. I did my hair. I did my makeup. I squeezed into this little spandex outfit. And now y'all are going to try to talk to me about these little trifling things when all I want to do is go to this festival and be like, hey, guys, check me out. I'm looking fine. But of course, they end up, you know, in one of the dark back alleys of Roswell. Yeah, I was very confused by this. (laughs) Where they end up like face to face. And I, for one, realized the height differences between aliens and humans. (laughs) The aliens are all very tall. All three of them, they're like towering over Liz and Maria. 
Yeah, and Maria also has this weird reaction where she's like, they all seem very surprised to see each other, which I don't understand because it seems like Maria was chasing them into the alley. Uh, but Maria says, no, don't tell me there's three. I think I'm going to be sick, which I was just like, what is wrong with you? There's freaking aliens that you know, and you're just like, ew, yucky. Right. It's not like I'm going to scream. Or like, I'm going to faint or run away. Like, I'm so grossed out. Yeah, I'm going to be sick. Right. Like, how is this? Uh, I don't understand if this was also like a clumsy attempt at a coming out metaphor where she is just like, you people disgust me. Mm. But she gets over it really quickly. Yeah. And I mean, even if that's not what the showrunners intended, I mean, that's obviously a parallel that can be drawn. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, in this scene, Spiky Hair, whose name I will definitely learn at some point, does point out, uh, Liz says she doesn't think that the aliens should leave because it'll show people they're guilty. And he's like, of what? Which is a really good point. Also, how did she know they were leaving town? She just saw them driving in the opposite direction down the street and was like, they're fleeing. (laughs) So she's very insightful, I guess. Um, and then Max decides to turn himself in to the sheriff, which I, again, like, for what, buddy? Does he think he's just going to be whisked away to a research facility, though? Like, what does he yeah. think the sheriff is actually going to do? And then they all decide to work together, whatever. Liz has a plan. And her plan is to show back up at Kyle's house and be like, oh, yeah, I'm an hour and a half late. I'm fully dressed, but give me another 30 minutes. Right. I didn't understand this whole thing. So Kyle, like the physical type and the way he's portrayed, I feel like he's set up to be like a jerk. But Liz is actually the jerk. He's super accommodating. He's just kind of going with it, like really begrudgingly, just like, oh, man, this sucks. So I guess this is my life. Yeah, I agree. I really felt for Kyle in this scene. I felt like Liz was being kind of mean and it's never okay to keep someone waiting for that long when you had plans. And I mean, yes, they probably didn't have cell phones back then, but still. So go to a payphone and call him. Tell him you're running late. Um, I like the leather look, but why on earth does she have so much fucking <laughs> grease in her hair? The hair, the hair, the hair. Yeah. Was that like the wet look or what is going on? I don't like it. Whereas Isabel's alien hair is like teased to the gods and gorgeous yes. it's so good but like liz is just liz like... is danny zuko <laughs> yeah uh i'm also confused about why when she says let's meet in half an hour kyle isn't just like bro it's already been an hour and a half get in the car we'll just go together like is she giving him time to get dressed but like he's just he has a, a mask he could just put on his mask yeah this doesn't make any sense. He doesn't need to, like, do hair and makeup. Like, no, but he's just like, okay, yes, ma'am. Yeah, I, I don't understand. None of this makes sense. This is a stupid plan. But we get to see them put their plan into action when we transition to the Crash Festival, uh, which is just a bunch of people hanging out dressed as aliens. Who doesn't want to go to that party? It looked so fun. Yeah, the only person killing the buzz is the sheriff. Yes. 
Yeah. He's creepily watching Max eat a corn dog. That's what he's doing. Well, and one of the first things that we see, it's like, I think Maria and Isabel standing next to each other and like Alex makes some weird comment about like nice cones. I think about Isabel's boobs. She isn't wearing cones. They're not cones. They're not cones. That's not what that shape is. Just say nice boobs if you want to be creepy, but like they're not cones. (laughs) Gross. Anyway, just had to yeah, say. Yeah, so I think cones. their English class hasn't taught them about irony, and their geometry class hasn't taught them about three-dimensional figures. <laughs> uh, then we get this weird scene that I did not understand the first time I watched this, where Maria's rolling on the ground, and they're plotting <laughs> something. I loved this, because this was, to me, this was the third example of a, a woman being powerful because it was Isabel like bossing Maria around to roll in the dirt. She's like, roll, keep rolling, keep rolling. Um, And also like this scene made me realize that I think this show has already passed the Bechdel test, which is kind of rare. Um, So for those who don't know, the Bechdel test um, was created by Alison Bechdel, who is um, an author. She has, she wrote Fun Home, um, which is a graphic novel, which has been adapted into a uh, a play. And so the test, um, I believe, has three components, that there's more than one female character who are named, that they speak to each other, and that they are talking about something that is not a man. And so in this scene, and maybe in previous scenes, but I think maybe not, in this scene, it happens because Maria is talking about like, Oh yeah, here's my here's my mom's car keys. She'll kill me if you, you know, if anything happens to the car or like something. You know, it just kind of made me realize that um, this show has already passed the Bechdel test, and lots of teen romance shows do not. In fact, lots of shows in general do not. Um, even some some yes, of my favorite shows. It's not true. a measure of whether a show is good or not. It's just an interesting thing to notice about media. Good job. Good job, 1999 Roswell. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, very much more testosterone-laden scene happens when the sheriff corners Max. Uh, He wants to ask him some questions. Max is also 16. You cannot just question a minor without a parent present. And he (sighs) handcuffs them. Right? What is is that? Yeah. And Max is like, aren't you going to read me my rights? And he says, do you even have any? Like, yes, yes, he does. They're in the Constitution. (laughs) Yes. After, like, shoving him up against a thing. Like, you can't just, like, manhandle him. And once again, Max folds, not even under pressure. He's just like, yeah, I was at the diner. Which, God, buddy, come on. I gotta say, though, that whole, um, that whole, like, bait and switch thing that the kids pulled off was pretty impressive. Like, all the coordination that went into it. I mm-hmm. have a very important question on this bait and okay, switch, what? though. How do they know what Kyle Valenti was going to be wearing? Because I think Liz brought it to him. I think when Liz went to his no. house. But he, but her earlier, he said he had a great costume and he was excited to show her his costume. I mean, I guess at some point off camera. So maybe he told her on their date or something. I always just assumed she gave it to him. 
maybe maybe she said, I know you got yourself a really nice costume, but I don't care. You're going to wear this. I could see her doing I that. Mean, she, yeah. I mean, she could have said, this one matches my costume. You should wear this one. But. He would He would listen. <laughs> Um, we also get our first slow motion shot when the sheriff is walking up to the suspect, who is actually Kyle, which is so unnecessarily dramatic, and I love it. So Kyle is just standing around, waiting at the spot where she told him to, like a poodle. Also, I never thought about this, but like after that, you know, he's he's there waiting for her. Then all of a sudden, his dad comes up and like rips his mask off, and then for the rest of the night, does. Does Liz come back up to him and is like, oh, there you are. Thanks for waiting here like I asked you to. Or does she just never meet up with him? I don't think so. I think she just ditches him. (laughs) Yeah, I think she blows him off. Because later she's creepily watching the aliens from up on the hill. Yeah, she just like bails on him the entire night. What an asshole. Oh, yeah. So the the sheriff wants to know what Max did to Liz. Uh, Max says, I had a hamburger, which is a great response. (laughs) Max finally figures out that this is not cool and asks if he broke the law and if the sheriff is arresting him because you can't just arrest people because you think they did a thing. (laughs) Because you think they saved the life of a girl who was shot. Right. And we get the climax of this event, it seems, which is a very unimpressive uh, simulated spaceship crash that culminates in a fireball with sad little alien props just burning to death. Yes. Three of them. There were three. Symbolism. Did you get the symbolism? I think there's a lot of very subtle, very subtle symbolism in this scene <laughs> coming up. If you really, you have to really closely pay attention to the crash symbolism that comes up in this scene. Oh, I didn't get that, Eliza. Tell us more. So there's, you know, the crash festival, and then there's a crash of this, uh, you know, this crash simulation that they did. These three alien bodies that are ejected, burning. And then there's a song that's playing that you may or may not have noticed, um, which is actually called Crash by a band you may have heard of called Dave Matthews Band. Honestly, when it started playing, I was laughing out loud. And Max and Liz are standing facing each other, and there are literal oh. sparks flying between them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> A firework is going oh off behind them. Literally. Which then it burns out at exactly the right time that then mm-hmm. he's like, this can never be a thing. And they like separate. Yeah. And the firework has burned out. And I out. just kept thinking, I hope her hair is not flammable with all the grease in it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he has helpfully smoothed it back from her face, telling her, you had a hair thing. I also think as soon as he put his hands in that hair, he would have been like, oh, that's gross feeling. Do you have any soap? And then um, she finally thanks him for saving her life, which is great. But then he turns around and says thank you to her. Like, bro. For what? For what? For saving his life. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Whatever is right. And then we go back to the opening scene where she's writing in her diary, except now it's a day later. We started on September 23rd. It's now September 24th. But on both days, she said that five days ago she died. So that's a timeline issue. 
Um, also a really corny dialogue issue because she says, but then the really amazing thing happened. I came to life. It's so dramatic. But overall, Lisa, what are your overall thoughts on your first ever episode of Roswell? Uh, Is it as um, cheesy and melodramatic as you expected? More so? Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting. It's a lot of pretty white people having problems, mm-hmm. some of which are more mm-hmm. real than others. Ah, like Liz does not seem like a great person so far. Yeah. I'm gonna have trouble rooting for her. I had a lot more sympathy for the aliens, but they didn't get a lot of good character development yet. So I'm hoping we get more. Right. I mean, it's one episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll reserve judgment. So guys, you know what it's time for? I think it's time for Hot and Saucy. We thought for each episode, we would each say what we thought was the sauciest, hottest, sassiest moment or person or thing or line that we wanted to talk about. All right. Who did you guys pick? Well, mine, I think it's got to be Katherine Heigl slash Isabel in her alien costume. I loved her hair. I loved her makeup. I think she looked hot. So she's my hot and saucy pick. Even if that's uh, very predictable and shallow of me for this first episode. No, I totally agree. I didn't love the outfit. The weird, like, boob bubble things weren't doing it for me. (laughs) The cones. Yeah. From the shoulders up, I thought she looked great. The eye makeup was amazing. And that scene, that really brief scene we get where Max walks in and she's, like, on her back pulling a boot on on the bed. I was like, yep. Yes. That's that's it. Yes. That's the winner. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, my first thought was, okay, it has to be Isabel. <laughs> I mean, she's just the hottest. <laughs> so then I was also thinking about like what moment is like the sauciest for me. And like I just for some reason, I kept going back to that moment of her bossing Maria around to roll around in dirt. Yes. I, there's just something I love <laughs> about it of her just being like, roll, keep rolling. That's my hottest, sauciest moment, I think. I also really liked the bossiness in the car where she's like, calm down, spiky haired. We might have been related to a murderer 40 years ago. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all in agreement. Yes. I have a feeling she might she might be winning sauciest and hottest a yeah. lot. We'll send her a, a souvenir bottle of Tabasco as a prize. Yes. I'm sure that Katherine Heigl will appreciate <laughs> getting many, many bottles of souvenir hot sauce from us yeah 20 years on she'll be like oh my god not this again hey listeners this is mandy the producer of past hot sauce and i just need to jump in with a quick note before we wrap up the pilot episode there was one thing in the episode that you didn't mention that i personally feel is very important to acknowledge yeah the mc of the crash festival the oh, guy yes. who did the countdown oh my god. and of was very excited about it was jonathan frakes who played Will Riker mm-hmm. on Star Trek The Next Generation yep. and was also an executive producer of Roswell. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, cool. mm-hmm. That's awesome. See, I recognized him as being like a Star Trek person, but I was like, but I don't really know who he is. So someone else will mention it. Oh, yes. I know Star Trek. <laughs> For this little segment, Lisa, who has never seen the show... Based on the episode title of episode two, The Morning After, what do you predict is going to happen next in this series? 
I hope someone has sex, but I think they're probably referring to the morning after the festival. And Kyle definitely has not gotten laid, which is fine. Not that he like, you know, deserves it or earns the right or anything. Just saying, um, I'm pretty sure that Liz completely blew him off. So what I would like to happen is that at some point we find out that the sheriff is the fourth alien and his dad adopted him at a young age and he's the missing secret relative. I don't think that's going to happen and it would involve plot holes. But as we've seen, the show is not afraid of plot holes. So (laughs) I think it's not impossible. Awesome. We'll have to wait and see. All right, so that is our first episode. Thanks for joining us for the pilot episode. We'll be back again in two weeks to discuss episode two, The Morning After. But if you can't wait that long, you can find us online at roswellhotsauce.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at roswellhotsauce. If you have any questions or you just want to give us a shout, you can reach us at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. Pass the Hot Sauce is produced and edited by Mandy Veloso. Our theme music is by David Belcourt. Our logo was designed by Billy Murray. Until next time, remember... Roswell's not home. It's not even our solar system.